This episode of the Kill by Kill podcast is brought to you in part by Margo, which is now on digital and on demand. In Margo, a group of friends celebrate their final college days in an incredible vacation home equipped with an advanced AI system that just so happens to develop a deadly mind of its own. Madison Pettis and Vanessa Morgan star in Margo, available to buy or rent. Watch Margo today. It's rated R from Paramount Pictures. And to celebrate, we're giving our listeners a little housewarming gift, a free digital copy of Margo. Just email us at killbykillpod at gmail.com. That's killbykillpod at gmail.com with Margo in the subject line for a chance to get your own copy of Margo. And now the body count continues. to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. Now we're going to unpack all the goriest of details of Creepshow, but not all of it, just the first segment and a throwback to our old formula. We're just going to talk about Father's Day and the hopes that a, a person who's inherited a lot of money, their untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person I trust, that if I need to be able to strike a match without using a matchbook, She's got me covered. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good. I brought you some cake, Patrick. <gasps> you a cake for me on I, this I, very day? I brought you some cake on your special day. <laughs> now, does it have lovely florets? Does it have candles? Or is it just a pile of frosting on top because I've driven you mad? I mean, yeah, who doesn't like to you know, get a good buttercream going? You wouldn't want like a, a whole big plate of frosting? Get right. to my intro. <laughs> Get sorry, to my intro. Uh, I hear somebody. I, a cane, yeah, a cane I was going to say. What's that horrible no. noise? Get to my intro. Well, listen, I would have gotten to your intro a long time ago if you would have let me have sex with my elderly, you know, <laughs> lover. Uh -huh. Then I would have had plenty of time to get to your intro. All right, fine, we'll do it. I don't want to scare you, Gina, but we are not alone. That's right, we have a special guest. You know him as one of the gang on We Hate Movies, and now I'm happy to report that he's a returning champion here to Kill by <laughs> Kill, the one, the only, Stephen Sadak. How are you doing today, Steve? Uh, good. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I, I had to do that joke. Um, no, you have to. It's <laughs> just mandatory. Had, I had to shoo in. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's great. Thank you guys so much for having me back. It's wonderful to uh, virtually see you again. Uh, yeah. This show is great. I'm also glad to just hang out and talk creep show. I it's 
it's a fun it's probably one of the best anthology horror movies if not oh, yeah. e you know yes. it's, it's 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 a it's up there for me for sure yeah uh when was your first introduction to creep show you know um Gina you're from New Yorkish right or you're from yeah. Jersey yeah. yeah um uh so I remember very clearly the WPIX commercials for this <laughs> uh you know and it was just always the guy and it was like and it was always creep show 2 for whatever reason and I was <laughs> and, and uh for whatever so it was on this vaulted layer of what I want to say there like I, I you know I grew up not watching horror movies because a little bit of a coward mm-hmm. so this was always uh, something that I really steered clear of I believe Andrew Jupin uh, of the show fame sat me down and made me watch this in my 20s when I was able to handle it and I really <laughs> dug it I really really enjoyed the tone and all that good stuff yeah uh yeah it's 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 just it's 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 really fun to watch. Even uh, last night, I was, I was having. A yeah, it's a, it's a such a, it's a wonderful fitting. I, I think for the most part of the vibe of Romero, who always has such a fanciful comedic undertone to everything. There's oh, everything feels a bit like a road show. It's not hyper professional. Let's say mm-hmm. there's a, a charm to his films. Um, because they feel homegrown. There's skill, like he knows how to make a movie, but there's also this air of like, we put this on in an afternoon, I hope you enjoy it, uh, that really, uh, you know, brings a, a certain energy and joie de vivre to the entire thing. Then you have Stephen King at the height of his powers, and by powers, I mean cocaine. And <laughs> Uh, this movie is is per, you know you can just smell it in the air uh, and I would I only saw well I, I think I saw this later when I worked in a video store I don't I I was aware of all of it because I did manage to get my hands on the glossy graphic novel version of the Creepshow comic book so it was all very spoiled for me in one format but it, I don't think it f- spoils the actual you you know, motion picture for you because it, they're very different experiences. Gino, what was your first creep show experience? Oh, I saw this when I was a kid. Like my okay. my my parents exhibiting excellent judgment to, to <laughs> be, you know, let me watch this as a as a child. So yes. Whereas whereas my parents wouldn't let me watch anything, and it, th- this was the exact summer that my dad told me, uh, yeah, I I took your mom to go see John Carpenter's The Thing last night. I'm not allowed to go and pick movies anymore, <laughs> but you're going to love it. That was as close as I got to a horror movie. Was that description? Gina, uh, you know, were him. you? Uh, did you see it in theaters? I did. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, her parents were uh, <laughs> just wild. Um, yeah, is this this is R right? I I couldn't find oh, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it has to. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. heads being ripped yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There, there's there's grody zombies. Yeah. Like it's not, and there's a lot of fucks. You yeah. know, fuck. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, this is this segment is practically it's just horny to the max. Like there's a a lot of sexual energy behind almost every. Character are we are, are, are we talking about? Are we gonna? Can we just go right into Ed Harris disco dancing? <laughs> 
Oh my yeah, god! Well, you, let's just get this over. <laughs> I, I, I'll let, tell let, you, there's probably yeah, going to be a segment. They're like, I'm tuning in just for them to talk about yeah. disco dancing. So let's fucking talk about it. <laughs> let's clear it's, the room and talk about Harris <laughs> disco dancing. I've never seen him so mirthful in anything. You know right. what I mean? Like he is having a fucking blast doing this dance. Yes. And I mean, because he's just such a heavy in everything. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just so fascinating to watch. And he's got some moves, man. He is moving. Oh. He's He's got yeah. 79% of his hair at this point, you know? <laughs> it's always a fight. Like he's yeah. losing it. it yeah, oh, it's for going sure. going away. Mm-hmm. It, it, it like baldness has established a beachhead, but he's he's trying to swirl it around mm-hmm. a little bit on top there to give not so much hair, but the illusion of hair. Like Beatlemania wasn't the Beatles, <laughs> but an incredible simulation. I just really uh, it's one of my fondest wishes that if he ever gets like a uh, a lifetime achievement award uh, <laughs> and like the Academy Awards or the Golden Globes or, or yeah. anything like that, that they show this clip just so they could show him at the audience just like just sending hate daggers out of his eyes just stone-faced like you know the the kind of face that Tommy Lee Jones would be like you all right dude you okay if that ever happened which I don't think it's going to just because of his politics and the way he he carries himself in Hollywood I I think Ilya Kazan would rise from the grave like a skeleton and be seated during the standing ovation it would be really an exciting turn for him it really would. It's it's odd that you mentioned Tommy Lee Jones because I, you know, you hear stories about Ed Harris, you know, on the set. He does strike me as a I don't sanction your buffoonery mm-hmm. type of actor. And but he is deliciously goofy here like whatever the whatever the cocktail mix was or he was just happy to be out in pittsburgh and working with romero again because he had worked on night riders and obviously his his station in life is building a building so him coming back here for a little thing like it's a lark it's fun and then this disco dancing happens (laughs) between him and Cass, and she is shaking those white satin pants Mm-hmm. No penny lines to show. Underalls <laughs> must be installed somewhere, somehow. And he is doing a combination of Batutsi <laughs> and yep. Funky Chicken. <laughs> and at one point where he, he does a snake charm over the back of his head, like he's that bald guy on Benny Hill. But he's just going on the back of it. And you know, sometimes cool dudes disco dance and they're stone-faced. My man yeah. is dancing also with his face. His mouth right. is going this way and that. He's, like, he's got some ooze in there. Like it, yeah. is, it is a committed performance. It's wild-eyed. Every molecule he has is feeling the bass line. Mm-hmm. It is not a great song. It sounds no. like it was recorded in one minute on the fly by the same guy who makes the local ice cream parlors jingle. That being said, they're they're going for it. <laughs> it, 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 it there's like a, a big ooh-ah that he's doing. Meanwhile, the, the young woman who's playing Cass has a, a stomping move. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like someone who's aggressively doing that Lucy is stomping the grapes scene from I Love Lucy. Uh-huh. Well, what yeah. I think is funny is that, like, these, these are supposed to be the, the, the young kids that are in the mansion. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the ones that, you know, oh, turn that music down, you, you hooligans, <laughs> and they're like 35. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> There's a sliding scale of age happening here that's truly odd. <laughs> I mean, once we get into it, but the fact that they're viewed as like children, like yes. they're just above teenagers, mm -hmm. but entirely irresponsible. But it seems like they should be getting into a minivan to pick up the kids <laughs> from school at any second. What's it, everybody uh, think about um, Night Riders? It's I, that movie is. I've only caught it one time, kind of half on local on local television. Like it was on, and we just kind of watched like the last three, you know, three fourths of it. And that movie yeah. a did not end. It's the it is one of the <laughs> no. longest movies anyone's ever made about the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's made with such affection, and it's just a wild, wild idea of a movie. And I could yeah. not. And I mean, again, like I missed the first twenty minutes for sure. But I could never get a grasp on what was going on. And that's a rarity. Night Riders is a super weird mix of elements. It almost feels like they went to a Ren fair and they're like, listen, we can't rent horses. Get some motorcycles. <laughs> and they made a whole movie around it. Uh, but you're right. It goes on forever. Like it, it, it's, it was something that just could have benefited from a, a slight editorial hand yeah that being said like everyone's having fun like it, it's something you can have on and watch but if you start paying attention to it you're like now wait a second why is everyone involved <laughs> in this and how did they get involved in this yeah much like you know you're watching goodfellas and you desperately want you know some pasta or whatever you know you're like, oh my god <laughs> sure. with that movie it's you want some coarse banquet beer it's like i need <laughs> that right now these guys are having a blast and i want to join them with like just a giant yes. turkey leg this is, this is what <laughs> yes, i want or the giant turkey leg i mean i have you guys had good luck at renfest because i feel like every time i'm conned into it it's always like the hottest day ever recorded. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never gone to one where it hasn't somehow been like 117 degrees. Right. And I'm not wearing a corset. I'm not <laughs> wearing like five layers worth of heavy costume. You're not, you're, you're not like, offering, you're not offering gentlemen a, a single red rose from your bosom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I waited until I did Shakespeare in the park to do that, Gina. I'm a super classy individual who went to a community college. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, no, I've never, I never had the pleasure at a Ren Faire. Uh, I've never been conned into it. I mean, like, if somebody, if I knew a buddy or I was dating somebody that was like, let's go on Saturday, I probably sure. would have gone just for, like, the experience, but I wasn't going to be the one to round everybody up to do it. Like, no, like, any, no. like anything billed as a fair, you, you're going mostly <laughs> for the food. Sure, yeah. Like I, yes. I, I, my favorite uh, stand at the uh, the New York State Renaissance Fair is uh, ye old Philadelphia cheesesteaks. <laughs> I was like, is this historically accurate? <laughs> In fact, I think ye old Philadelphia cheesesteaks was the alternate title for Night Riders. <laughs> well put. They're coming off of that. Like they want to do the stand, him and, and King, and. Of course, like anyone trying to make the stand into a motion picture, they quickly come up against the problem, which is there are 27 fucking characters in that book. There's no way you're getting to it all, even before the hand of God lights off a nuclear bomb. <laughs> like even Stephen King was like, there's too many characters in this book. I got to kill them all once they reach Denver. Like that's a, a thing he thought. 
And then he's like, nah, we can make this into a movie. And of course they can't. So their fallback position is to do an EC comics inspired anthology movie. And I, again, like touching a little bit of the zeitgeist, like no one had really dipped into the, the real comic book presentation of an EC comics, uh, you know, book and they lean into it. I think the movie really benefits from going gonzo in its presentation. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's not just the animation. I mean, especially uh, this one, I mean, they all have this, but I feel like for whatever reason it stands out a lot in father's day, like the lighting, the blue for night kind of stuff is yeah. really exciting to look at. And it's just fun. It, you really, it's, this movie has a real Halloween store charm to it. And <laughs> in all the best ways, like literally, and you know, from the first, when you see that crappy skeleton outside <laughs> Joe Hill's window, you're like, Oh, okay. I get this. And yeah, like, okay. And I mean, I think that, like, you know, it's not a horror comedy like Shaun of the Dead or, you know, uh, American Werewolf where, like, funny people are saying funny jokes while horrible things happen. But it is, mm -hmm. it's campy. And I think that, like, finding that camp uh, uh, tone is just so, it's rare for horror. It's very difficult for horror. And, you know, and it's still, this movie's still gruesome and still... I mean, this one's un this segment's unsettling. I mean, the roach thing. I'm glad you didn't have me on for that. Like, oh I, yeah, I, 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 I can't stand that one either. I still have to like look away, even if it looks really fake. I'm still like, yes. nope, nope. <laughs> that's yeah. That's because you're from the Northeast and you know what those motherfuckers exactly. look like. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care for it. Not gonna uh, burst so you, out of my face. No way. Uh, so yeah, up until I was 12, I thought that's how I was gonna die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So no, thank you uh, on that one. But yeah, so I mean, like, it's it's campy, it's fun, but it is, it does get to those places. So it's it's such a rare little miracle in that way. Yes, I I totally agree, and I, I think you just can't rearrange this and like uh, anyone could pull this off. Nope. It, it it does require all these sensibilities and being given the room and the budget to actually pull it off. It's not like they're spending tens and tens of thousands of dollars on this but they're given enough money that what they're going for looks good on screen hence everyone who's rich in this segment looks like they're rich for the time they're wearing fine fabrics they're wearing you know very fashionable pants uh, with the exception of Ed Harris's Hank, who is referred to later as Hick I think he, he's basically a swinging dick uh, mm. who has, has caught a very rich woman and is going to write it for all it's worth. It's, I mean, it, it does a cool thing. I mean, it's, you know, Stephen King is always good at this, about setting tone about like, you know, what kind of an encounter is this? And it's smart mm -hmm. to have Hank there as kind of our, you know, our uh, entryway in there. But it is that weird thing of like, you're meeting your partner's family. And yes. it's just this thing. And like, I mean, you know, we don't have any open secrets about, oh yeah, and then my, my aunt killed my grandfather right. for sure. <laughs> and, he, and he even says like, he's like, isn't she the one? And like, yeah, he, she's the one that killed grandpa. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. No, listen, I, I think you guys all have families, you know, you have mm. in-laws and stuff like that. Every family's got a murderer <laughs> who you kind of talk about, you know, at family gatherings, like, oh yeah, you know, she knocks somebody off, you know, we're all rich because of it. Like mm -hmm. everyone has this, everyone can get on board with the concept. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, 
yeah, I like that uh, you mentioned that Hank's kind of our entryway because he's obviously out of place. That isn't to say that he's not trying to fit in because as the segment is introduced, uh, Hank is uh, being very, very dainty with that teacup. Mm-hmm. In fact, he he throws two extra arm waggles into it before he <laughs> takes a sip as if it's like it's an extra fancy slosh of the cup. I kind of don't know if I've ever seen Ed Harris have this much fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he just, he's, he's, really rela- he's really relaxed here. That's, that's mm-hmm. right. It's it's nice to see him take his foot off the fucking pedal and just <laughs> yes. ride the vibe of the room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's true to who he is in the in this section of the movie. Like, he's not out of place. He's very much in line, but he also is doesn't feel like his skeleton isn't going to burst out of his face yes. and, like, just rant at you about, you know, the way that, that school districts are set up. That... That is the way he comes off in everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, like, you know, he did this movie, and then he went through a long career playing like, like, like humble Midwestern farmers, and then, <laughs> right, and then yeah. at some point, <laughs> did he went into like playing cops, and then now for like the past twenty years, he just played these like terrifying villains. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and maybe it's because he got into Stephen King's Booger Sugar. We'll never know. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it, it was right there. I think it was right there for everybody. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean? actually, that's actually a good, that's actually a, a possibility, honestly, because he just looks, he's never looked more chill than he, than he has here. Whatever was in the candy dish mm-hmm. that everyone's pulling from, he, he should dip into it more often. He's having a good time. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Aunt Sylvia, who is wearing a see-through crochet sweater and skirt set, which is quite a statement for meeting your mother-in-law. Like, she's basically a blimp. She's a, a bad mom I've liked to feast with. She, uh, <laughs> she's got a lot of accent. It's a very tortured acronym. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no one ever claimed I was a professional writer other than my, you know, my tax return every single year. But uh, it's a really interesting performance because it looks like she could eat every single person in the room. Yes. And she is, I mean, she's just the aunt and she's calling this other girl fat. You know what I mean? Like, which is just like, I mean, I guess your mom shouldn't do that either. But like, that seems like more (laughs) of a thing your shitty mom would do. Like, my shitty aunt was like, yo, you're fat. I'm like, lady, I'm not even calling you aunt anything anymore. You know, I'm 31. (laughs) Get out of here. But there, there's, there does seem to be this weird sort of East Coast bad aunt thing. Yeah. Where I know uh, one of my friends, uh, her aunt used to bring her ice cubes and tell her that they were model snacks. Ooh. That was her way of claiming wow. that she weighed too much. So yeah, it it's it's a it's an attitude. It's a lot. The other thing I seem to notice about everyone in this family, with the exception of Hank, they all wear two gold necklaces. Two. I don't know what the fuck is up with that, but the costumers like the members of this family wear two gold chains. Like the only two people who don't are are Hank and a walking corpse. 
Well, they also um, were also doing this thing uh, where like uh, Fraser Crane High Society, where we <laughs> acted talk British, but we're absolutely not. Yeah, yeah they all got that. They all got that uh, that Charles Winchester from Mash, like inexplicable <laughs> British accent. Yes, and it's yeah. like it's, I, I actually remember like asking somebody like, like, oh, well, he's supposed to be from Boston. And it's like, do people from Boston sound like that? <laughs> I, like, does lobster make you sound like that? Does like pining over the Patriots make you sound like that? No, I, it's some sort of remnant of a mid-Atlantic accent. Um, and uh, the other, there are other two other members of this clan are Elizabeth Regan as Cass, who has an all-timer hair volume on display here. Like, it is yeah, both she's- bouncing and behaving even as she misbehaves, Gina. Yeah, she's got some, like, Gene Wilder hair going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sexy Gene Wilder. Please. Yeah. Gene Wilder keeping it high and tight. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly enough, Elizabeth Regan did not have a long career. I could not tell you why. I couldn't find any information about her beyond the fact that she's in two movies both of which lensed in pennsylvania and she's playing two versions of the same character one alive and one dead in a movie called dead end i i I don't i've never seen this movie hadn't heard about it until today but uh that's absolutely what is happening here and then uh we also have the insanely named warner shook as uh, Richard uh, Warner Shook, uh, his father was a mining magnet, and he and his sister inherited a ton of wealth from him. So he's basically basically playing himself, <laughs> and and what I assume is a closeted gay man who just can't talk about it around his aunt. Oh, yeah, well, obviously not. Of course, yeah. she, she'd write about whatever will is left. <laughs> that's definitely the vibe he's serving. I also thought I got Uncle the first time I watched this, or, or what I watched this a couple nights ago, and then I just rewatched the segment like a couple minutes ago, and then I find mm-hmm. out that, that he is actually Cass's brother. I mm-hmm. thought he was just older than her and like her like crappy, you know, probably gay uncle, but no, I guess he's her crappy, probably gay brother. Yeah. <laughs> he carries an air with him. Yes. Uh, it took me two watches to view that he has uh, tacos putting on the Ritz style <laughs> suspenders holding his pants up, <laughs> uh, which I just thought was a Sansa belt deal. But no, no, no. He's got he's got suspenders. He's a super classy dude. Um, and so this is where we get the aforementioned. Oh, Aunt Bedelia will be right here. She's the one who, yes, murdered her father. Yeah, they just drop that real chill. Yeah, they're they're talking about this like, like, oh, he shot a tiger once. Tell the story story about how how a bear came into the backyard and Pedelia shot it. Yeah, because he's just like, oh, isn't she the one? And yes, to your point, like, oh, the one who shot the bear. Or like, isn't she the one that married the guy that, you know what I mean? Like, all of that is, isn't she the one? Not, isn't she the murderer? Is different. Yeah. Isn't she the and, one that, that beat her infirm father to death? <laughs> right. Her wheelchair, wheelchair bound father with this ashtray. And then they hand it to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's. That's a flex, everyone. If, if, you, if you look, you can, she, if you look, you can see the dent in the side of it. <laughs> there's, there's still some blood spray on the wall. We keep it there to remember him as as we love to think of him. 
Um, so yeah, Bedelia, uh, who we haven't really formally met at this point in the movie, it had, was forced to take care of her father, Nathan, who was known to be super chill, just <laughs> always having a normal one, banging his cane constantly and demanding cake, you know, like dads. I, is this father? I mean, like, you know, I don't know. Father's Day cake was a new one on me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, that is not something <laughs> yeah, it does that seem I am like this familiar is an expectation with. that people yes. normally have is that you're going to make a cake for your father for Father's Day. Patrick, right. have you ever gotten a cake for Father's Day? No, because Father's Day always ends, and I hope Becky never hears it. Father's Day for me always ends up being something everyone else wants to do, and I'm along for the ride. Sure, you, you gotta stay, you like, gotta stop banging. You gotta start banging that cake around. What are you doing? Exactly. I gotta start. I gotta start demanding cakes. Um, just to see what happens next. If I can drive somebody insane. And of course we're, we're introduced to this flashback with Nathan in what appears to be a Mexican Christmas themed frame. Yes. <laughs> Surrounded by decoupage, animated decoupage. And he's just like freaking the fuck out with his own variation of Gene Wilder hair demanding cake from his daughter meanwhile you know we have richard going it's a total totally freudian relationship that they had like is that what freud meant that you (laughs) like demand fucking cake no matter what well the cake the the cake is clearly a symbol for his penis patrick Mm. oh that's okay well you know what you learn something new every day (laughs) i took psychology in college (laughs) before before dropping out of course (laughs) it's important it seems like you got all the good stuff done yeah i got what i needed yeah you're fine (laughs) i'm I'm legally able to treat to treat people (laughs) (laughs) on twitter i think that's all it takes exactly um on tiktok you'd probably be labeled an expert so yeah i a freudian relationship i guess that's how you would describe an 84 year old man killing your 60-year-old daughter's 75-year-old lover. <laughs> well, like, yeah. that's, that's the other thing, like, with, you know, treating the younger couple, Ed Harris and Cass, um, Hank and Cass, as, you know, these wild teenagers, you know, who <laughs> blast the disco music. Right. Like, yeah. oh, poor Bedelia, she's gonna, she's gonna be, out, you know, she might have ended up a spinster, <laughs> you know, because her father insisted that he take care of you. Her father's, like, 112 She's right. 70 and like, you know, he's planning the death of her, you know, as you say, like 75 year old fiance. I yeah. would always hate to be, you know what I mean? I'm never going to be a, a patriarch of anything, but like, you know, those old bastards that just don't die. Like I just would start to feel uncomfortable. Like everyone I know is waiting for me to die. Like literally yeah. everyone is, is count. And I mean, like he's getting into that. He's like, these vultures or whatever, but I guess I'm just too um, self-conscious. I'd be like, well, I'll get, take myself out of the equation. Sorry, folks. I'll leave <laughs> well, the party early. If everyone wants, if everyone wants to be gone. And maybe take your own little flaming wheelchair, wheelchair trip down the parking garage. from mm-hmm. our. It's like, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just put my, I'll just put the pillow over my face myself. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, where's my cake? And Bedelia's, I, I, I don't know why she just hasn't, hasn't ordered a cake, which would, might have saved <laughs> yep. his life. But she's just, you know, like, you know, squishing on all the frosting. She's like, she's like I'm coming. I hate you. And, and, and he's still screaming for that cake. And I mean, <laughs> do you really want everyone- the cake at that point? 
Like later on, like Leslie Nielsen is really having a good time. He's at a high register, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Various people throughout. These two are at 11 where I can barely understand what they're saying. Like Bedelia is just, yeah, she is coming in hot. We're like, even at the graveside, I just, I've got nothing. Okay. And I mean, it doesn't really matter because again, it's all the visuals. That's what the movie's about. And obviously to your point, uh, Patrick, like I love the, the transition in with the, that's the great comic booky, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ramirez have a lot of fun in this one, but yes, it's, but I cannot understand half of the dialogue in this. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, that the, the housekeeper, the, the, the hired help, Mrs. Danvers constantly looks like, I don't really want to put up with this shit, but you notice she never fucking quits. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that she was essentially a witness to a murder was like, I don't know the health benefits here. Like I got (laughs) to stick with this job. Like there's a lot of class consciousness stuff that Stephen King, you know, has in, in all of his materials, but it's a, it's a real through point throughout all of creep show. And it's a very easy thing, like the rich are horrible and we'll show you how horrible they are, which I think was part of the reason why Easy Comics got ripped by, you know, crusaders once upon a time, because it seems un-American to make these very rich people, which, as we all know, are the best of us, mm-hmm. look like shit heels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the rich people throughout... All of the best segments in Creepshow are complete shit heels, with the exception of one, the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, where Stephen King's like, no, poor people suck too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the class stuff is everywhere. And I mean, I, 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 the EC comic stuff is so interesting to me because it's so like, it's so often referenced and very rarely done well with the exception right. of like Tales from the Crypt, et cetera. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it's, it's, this movie gets that, that thing and i mean obviously ec comics is the reason why most comics had to really uh tighten their belts because they kind of they were the loud person and they 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 said the quiet part loud you know what i mean like and that's when everything kind of hit the hit the fan uh comics wise so they are this sort of vaunted kind of uh um title and it's it's cool to watch this play that way it's very rote to say, but it's very true. It's a very punk rock corner yes. of the comics area because they were pushing all the envelopes and doing it in a fantastical way. Not the Lord Detective comics, which were all about blood of you know machine gun fire. Like they weren't glorifying anything. They were just simply going, these attitudes don't wear well like you're if you even if you survive them your soul suffers for these attitudes so don't fucking carry them throughout life and as a result they were punished and we were all punished but let's get back to this motion picture because when hank learns that this aunt he hasn't even met yet is a murderer he really takes it in stride i if i heard that I would be excusing myself in the bathroom and sneaking out a window. But yeah. he's, he, he stands to inherit this money and it's because of her. So, you know, shut big ups to you, Aunt Bedelia, you know? <laughs> You're right. 
it's, he's in the position he's in with a super rich wife as a result. And I think that's why he's able to strike a match with just his finger. Like he's trying to sell the Maltese Falcon in a back alley. Like, <laughs> That's super cool that he can do this. And it seems like something he showed Romero one day. He's like, I'm going to put that in a movie. And he does. Yeah, he just, he's just sitting back thinking about that, you know, that, that disco floor he's going to put in into his house for all that money. Exactly. And he's going to have I'm, Kate Casey and the Sunshine Band play his house. That's an exciting idea. And that's, I mean, it's a, never gonna, it's never going any, it's never going away. It ain't never right. going away. <laughs> that's right. The party never ends. Disco lives forever. Is some, <laughs> there is some Stephen King Bean universe in which they, they both he and Cass end up at basically the house out of the jerk. Like that's <laughs> where they end up in life. <laughs> um, the green marble ashtray, it should be noted, appears in every segment of creep show from this point on. And I think we missed it, but we, we did this slightly out of order and I had it in my notes, but I forgot to say it. Uh, but in Jordy Verrill, the, uh, the, the ashtray shows up in the department of meteors. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is, this is why colleges need to be reined in. They have a, a left wing agenda and too many, and too many universities are pouring all their money into the departments of meteors and we got to rein them back. It's true. It's bullshit degrees, man. <laughs> sure. We, we certainly don't want to uh, have any of those people be able to, like, uh, afford rent or anything. <laughs> uh, so it turns out that Nathan's death has left everyone else in the family very wealthy, something that Nathan did not want in life, but he also didn't want his daughter to sleep with an old man. So, I don't know, fuck you, Nathan. You deserve to get dead. Uh, I don't like Nathan. Uh, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I don't like this rotten zombie man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like him in life and I don't like him in death. You never got to be with him, though, in his prime. It, apparently True. he was a bootlegger. True. So that's kind of right. cool. I didn't know him when he was at his best, when he yeah. was like running rum from Canada or whatever <laughs> the fuck he gained all his money from. However, he gained his Kennedy-like millions from. But who I do like is Bedelia. Because we're introduced to her smoking a cigar, mm -hmm. riding dirty, open container in the rolls. Like, she fucking rocks. She's got that very, like, Victorian, like, big morning hat on. I'm, I'm enjoying this look, <laughs> even though it's, like, 1980. I mean, she is... It's quite an outfit. Of course, she's also rocking the two chains. She's dressed like a mourner. She's got that giant wide brim hat on. She's got driving gloves. And she also has a full fox fur on her shoulder, which often gives the impression that she's cradling rocket raccoon to her bosom. <laughs> uh, and she, I mean, she comes exactly on time. You know, basically, you can set your watch to it, we're told. Yeah. And she doesn't, you know, I think the move would be you pop in, you say, Hey, I'm going to have a weird conversation at the graveside. I'll be back in 20 minutes. If not, just come out and look for me. I'm, right, yeah. A skeleton might get me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you do want to sort of make your, you want to, you want to say hi to people. You know, it's a little yes. rude to enter a party this way. I'm it's true. And I think people should know, like, um, there's a possible, like, there, listen, it's low but a 20% chance of skeletons out to get me. So just like <laughs> exactly. come prepared, bring a shovel, a pick, anything heavy that you can swing because you would think you'd be able to take out the skeleton pretty fast. He's made of, of mud, shit and maggots. 
and bendy bones. And, uh, and also, he's he's he, he's apparently like regained the ability to walk, though. So good for yes. him. Right. <laughs> well, hence the hence the problem with all zombies is you you either go the traditional Romero route, which which is these are the recently dead, like the too far gone dead. They can't get anywhere. Whereas the EC Comics version of a zombie is just like. This skeleton's made for walking, baby, <laughs> and I'm just shambling on. He's kind of beefy too, to be quite honest. There's a lot yes. going, a lot of padding in there. I mean, I guess for the stunt man, uh, this yeah. is John Amplas, who I guess he played Martin in Martin. Yes, so there he you did. Go. I was, I was, I was very, I was, I was very surprised to read that. I did not know that. No, I mean, I guess he was just around in Pittsburgh, still ready, ready to play. So you play cool. good. You play a good shambling corpse. Let's get you in this makeup. <laughs> <laughs> He's got he's got a shambling corpse vibe going on to him. The one element of this that is interesting in terms of, you know, the traditional Romero group of characters is that Tom Savini is doing the makeup effects here. Now, typically Savini was a how do I kill a person guy? Like he was the guy that you went to when you needed a chop off a head, put a hatchet in a face. That's what he's that that's what he is real good at. And then here he's like, why don't you make me some skeletons and a monster or two? And he's like, I think I can do this. And he can like these are really interesting images. But the problem with Nathan's skeleton face isn't the maggots in his eyeballs because those are great. It's that his skull bends like a plastic, like a rubber mask. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's the only thing I can point to that's not quite up to level, but the visual look of the undead Nathan is fucking amazing and straight out of a EC comic book. Like you could smell him. You could just smell him coming through the screen. <laughs> and you've got that great distortion on the voice. Oh, it's like, yes. It's garbly. It's, it's it just very sounds cool. like It just sounds like there's like, dirt in his throat it's just like it's really good because it's, it's that it's that you get that exact thing of like this would scare the fuck out of a 12 year old but <laughs> if you're over like 16 you're just like that's pretty goddamn cool like you know what I mean? it does exactly that <laughs> it's riding a very thin line yes um uh, the flashback to when she's having her graveside monologue, which is great, is to her. Incoherent. Just that, want to be clear. Just cannot cannot make a make a lick of sense out of this monologue. <laughs> right. Well, she's Swedish. I mean, uh, there's yeah. a how she is a part of this family is very odd. They've got a lot of accents going on. Uh-huh. Maybe she went to a boarding school. Who's she's a? Did you guys recognize the actress as the? Uh, she's an Exorcist three. She's the um, oh, the right. nurse that goes home and and tries to kill Kinderman's daughter. Oh, that's okay. Right. It's the same actress. Oh, she tro- she she's she's a head chopper. That one. Yeah, yeah. she oh. she gets oh. she gets creepy old. She does creepy old lady well. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she does. She she aged into her perfect character when she's having her kitchen freak out. There's just one look behind her at the entire kitchen, and they've got this killer soup ladle handle that <laughs> affixes to the cabinetry. I mean. Fuck, I wish I could have that. I, I just don't have any uppers in my kitchen, so that's not happening. <laughs> this guy, old guy goes down pretty quick. It's just one, he's <laughs> right. one and done. It's just, it's 
it's a hit with the a very slow hit with the ashtray, and then a very cool like you know bloody head uh, yeah. in the foreground kind of a deal. He just goes right over, and it's never really stated how she got out of this rap necessarily yeah. no one goes like the police investigated but she was driven to it or we could all afford to pay off the cops or they said he fell off and hit his head on the table it, that's all just who cares because what you know is that she didn't end up going anywhere as a result of it and everyone's very wealthy so that's all you need to know but yes the only thing missing from that swing on his head <laughs> is like jr in the background going oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he does i mean maybe that's what she was saying like oh the cops like you know there i don't know that that dastardly iron sheik just came in here with a chair <laughs> uh, you just missed him you just missed the iron sheik like he was right here like there was a guy holding an urn telling me we were all doomed and <laughs> There's there's a guy holding a briefcase full of money, and he called himself Ted the Billion Dollar DiBiase. Like, all of the managers were there. He was a manager conference. But Nathan, of course, one of the most famous WWF managers who would just sit on the side of the wrestling ring, banging his cane on his wheelchair, demanding cake in the middle of a match. I love it. And it's 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 very important we should say that he's he's got the cane on both uh arms of the chairs yeah. at the same time, which is a real power move. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I think most people would just, you know, bang it, you know, Moses style, staff mm -hmm. of raw on the ground. Sure. No, no, this is he's using both arms of that chair. And it is, we are really hearing it from, from this guy. Yeah, he's, he's doing he's doing maximum drive. Everybody in your house absolutely you know, to, to, to murderous rage. I am sure many healthcare workers watch this movie once a year and like just like, oh, if only. Oh, if only. I mean, it's the dream. She's living the dream. Exactly. Right? Just... All it takes is one good swing and you're driving a Rolls Royce with an open Jim Beam bottle. And yeah, once a year, you kind of have to have a little bit of an emotional reckoning over your, you know, resort uh, home, you know, grave site. Which, Gina, if we learned anything from Killer Party, <laughs> it's that it, home grave sites... Uh, what they possess in convenience, they lack in regards to undead murderers. People never really consider that while I can only just walk out of my front door to go lay some flowers at the site of this dead person, they might also get up and try to murder or possess me down the line. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, just move it a couple yards away from your house. I don't even think there should be like pet cemeteries on people's property. We, we already know that that leads to no, nothing good. The amount of fingers that I, I have crossed and double crossed, hoping, hoping that Ivana rises <laughs> and from that grave on that great on the, on that golf course and takes out Donnie, like, <laughs> Holy shit. I'm surprised. I, I don't just have claws. I, I, I need this to happen. <laughs> Like, I don't think he's going to jail, but I think she might rise from the grave and choke him out. I think <laughs> that would be a lot better. I think we would all heal as a nation if we found out that the former president was killed by his undead wife. Like, that, 
that, that, that would bring us together. It's yeah, that's why you don't you don't shit where you eat. You don't bury where you live. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Similar. That's right. that's you know I'm Catholic. That's how we do it. You got to go. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's conve- It's you don't want it to be that convenient either for anybody. You want to be an hour away. You know. No, no. That's the idea. You want to you want to drive over the hill, mm-hmm. you know, into Burbank by the WB to go to a graveyard, which is where my grandmother is. That's how I know she's not going to rise from the grave and kill me tonight because she'd have to drive down the five all the way down here. Don't no, fuck that. She, she's staying exactly where she is. So uh, Nathan's gravestone, which comes in two parts, we later learn. Uh, has one where his name is written out and it, it looks like the handwriting from the book of the dead from evil dead. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's quite a statement to write your name in that particular font. It's yeah. And we're doing Roman numerals for the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the in and out there. That's, you yeah. know, I, I, I want my tombstone to look like, you know, the happy haunts at the haunted mansion in Disneyland. I don't want any, I don't want to have to people like take a picture of it and Google when I died. It should be, you know, four numbers will tell you all you need to know. I guess the question I have at this point is during Bedelia's monologue is that she ends up spilling Jim Beam at, and, and, this, and this and this wakes Nathan up. It's like, yeah. mm, did somebody bring the beam? <laughs> Does he get liquored up and like finally the like Popeye? He gets the energy he needs from the spinach that is cheap whiskey, and he's like, "Fuck yeah!" Now it's time to strangle some people. I just want to see. Or, I just want to see like a cutaway to like the inside of his casket where like his his like skeleton glows green for a second and then he like <laughs> bursts through. He just pours down his throat like Pirates of the Caribbean. Time to go, baby. That would be cool. If he gets up, you know, he strangles, you know, Bedelia, so sad. He has to take her cigar and the bottle and he starts kind of like sashaying around the graveyard a little bit. You know what I mean? Feeling it. Um, oh, so we already talked about the disco scene. I just, and just for context, this is three years after the night disco died in Detroit. This <laughs> is two years after Can't Stop the Music bombed. So it's not like, well, they were filming it in, you know, during the height of Saturday Night Fever. This is, this is released in 1982. Like disco is gone, you know, for all the wrong reasons, I might add like great fucking music. That's why it survived. But, Oh, wow. What a dance sequence. Uh, again, just top notch. If, if you only watch one thing from this segment of, of creep show, watch them dancing because it is joyous. And it's not like there aren't many movie scenes without cocaine that actually have them that <laughs> scream cocaine. Oh, sure. But that's that sequence is like the, these people are inebriated. <laughs> they're not. They're not on the level. They're not doing this dry, baby. And it becomes a. It kind of becomes a slasher movie here, right? You yes. know what I mean? Wherein 
go check on so-and-so, you know what I mean? I'll, we don't get an I'll be right back, but it's pretty close. You know what I mean? Like every, it's, you know, who's in the barn kind of a deal. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's not, it's not said, but it's definitely implied. I'll be right back. Yes. And, a, and like the barn of doom is the graveyard. Uh, I will say that when Mrs. Danvers is told that they cannot glaze the ham yet because Bedelia <laughs> has not arrived. I've never seen someone more pissed. Like, <laughs> so fucking angry. Yeah. Dude, it's like, like seven o'clock. I you know, I've been I've been drinking all day. Yeah. I, I, I some crudite out, but that's not enough. I I'm now mm. now it is time for this ham. I need right. the ham. Just start banging the cane. <laughs> Give me ham. <laughs> I got a ham cane, I've got a cake cane. Which one do you want me to bang? <laughs> You're gonna get one of them banging. That's the thing, is I don't have a sweet tooth, and I'm like, why is this guy so ridiculous about this cake? But then I'm like, where the fuck's that ham? What is going on <laughs> with the ham already? <laughs> it's already cured. It's not going to go bad. She can come in. <laughs> you know, we'll have the ham if she, whenever she deems ready right. to come in, we'll yeah. be having the ham and she can have as Where's many she as she do? Wants. Take she back wants. the money? Like, <laughs> like, come on. Let's, let's have some fucking ham already. So Hank goes outside. He, he lights a smoke, mm-hmm. which apparently he has one loose cig <laughs> in his pocket. And then he looks out and the graveyard porch, lanai, whenever you want to call this very convenient gravesite, is just covered in blue fog. So, of course, the he's horse is going to go closer and investigate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if you see a graveyard covered in fog, you just, that's your pass. You don't know, you don't need to go in there. You like, just turn around and go right go. back in the house and you go have <laughs> yep. some ham and call it a day. <laughs> just say, she called, she can't make it, bring on the ham already. Or like, I don't, know, he's oh, like, I don't know, her car's her cars are there. Let's call the police, you know? <laughs> Let's get involved in this. So he's searching around for her. And while he's not aware he's in a horror movie, he sure as shit acts like it. Because he gets scared by a number of vines and bushes. <laughs> he's like, ooh, leaves. <laughs> he, Ed Harris is just really trying to make a meal out of this thing. He's like, you know what? I've yes. got like seven lines. Most of them, most of it is action for dance. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm going to take my time. And I'm, I really kind of like that we get some skeleton power here that I did that is never seen before or since. Or since. Like, uh, this is, this was my biggest wow moment of this because as I had remembered it, it's that. You know, Hank finds the open bottle of Jim Beam, decides to, you know, tip his head all the way back, as you do when you find an open bottle of liquid just, in, a, in just a graveyard. laying on the ground in a cemetery. <laughs> oh. I mean, who among us hasn't had a little, little nip of, you know, you know graveyard booze? <laughs> graveyard booze. It's, listen, everyone likes a drink, but everyone loves a graveyard drink. That's... Uh, it's, it never tastes quite as good. So he tips his head all the way back, falls into the open grave, which somehow that happens. This, this skeleton just erupting has created an entire six foot grave site. And then he, he finds uh, Bedelia dead. And then he just goes full Crystal Lake syndrome mm. where he just, I can't remember how to look. I can't remember how to move. Yeah, he really just does. He really does just lay there, doesn't he? That's like, he is not trying to get out of that. Grave. <laughs> <It's> 
I mean, would I would be done? like like flailing, like like curly yes. doing the curly shuffle, yeah. trying to get out of that brain. <laughs> <laughs> Or but the worm or something. Just yeah, to get, yeah, something. You know, get yourself up. <laughs> a windmill, yeah. some sort of breakdancing move to help you get out of that grave. But is he being held down by Nathan's psychic powers? Because somehow, I always remembered it as Nathan Skellington pushing the top yes. of his gravestone onto Hank. But he's standing in an across the way from that. So he's moving that gravestone with the power of his maggot filled mind. Like he's got fucking telekinesis now. Well, I think he's a Jedi dude. I think he's a dark (laughs) Sith, you know, somehow Nathan has returned. Oh, if he showed up on a desert planet, uh, I'm telling you, I'd be fucking in. That, I'll be honest with you. That would be a, a way to have ended the Skywalker saga. Is <laughs> Ray has to go to Palpatine's house. Where is my cake, Ray? You bitch, get me my cake, Ray, my Jedi cake. And she fucking, you know, just you know, she conks the dude, conks the old bastard. <laughs> Just levels him with a heavy ashtray mm-hmm. and then movies over. A grateful nation rises up <laughs> out of their seats. 14 minutes standing ovation. And then we're living in a different kind of world right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. It's hard for Russian trolls to all whip us into a frenzy over that ending. Let me tell you that. Somehow, Nathan is alive and he wants his cake. <laughs> that's, that's a fucking movie. So, yeah, he he dies by getting crushed by the top nice, of the th- grave. Nice, nice, little, nice little splat sound effect. I appreciate yeah, that. Nice. Yeah. It's, like, it's like somebody dropped something on a melon. <laughs> yeah. And you get a quick, oh, and he, he, he's dead. He's just gone. <laughs> um, meanwhile, inside, the party has gotten sloppy. Right? Yep. Things, things have gone real south. And this is what happens when you keep drinking without that ham in your system. You need the ham to soak it up. <laughs> don't, don't, don't drink on an empty stomach. That's how you get hangovers. Exactly. Sylvia's hair is down. The and champagne has been popped. I don't even. And, I don't even see the light beers. This is all the hard stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. They they are they are going champagne and hard alcohol. Mm-hmm. And Cass is still hopped up on whatever the fuck she's hopped on. She's continuing to stomp dance in the background, um, but uh, she can't convince anyone to just. It's time for ham already, uh, and I don't know where Hank is. And Sylvia goes, listen. I'll get Hank. Then we'll all have ham. You know, after me and Hank. Fuck. Mm. That's what's implied. That she's going to go off, find Hank, and fuck him better than her daughter. (laughs) Which is really, it's a, I mean, I get it. Uh, she's she's super hot in this. Everyone's super hot. <laughs> Even the skeletons kind of like I can get it. <laughs> Mrs. Danvers, I don't know. It's a type like, but you can tell that she can take care of business. Like she's rocking it. So Sylvia goes off, and the kitchen is has gone full blue. It's yep. a real Terminator Two Judgment Day lighting package in there. She sees some muddy footprints, which in a kitchen never a good sign. Just. That's not a kitchen you want to be eating out of. And then Mrs. Danvers appears uh, behind a a small laugh-in joke window. (laughs) 
and I guess she died due to, I don't know, class warfare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he just was trying, you know what I mean? Like, she didn't actually kill him, but she certainly didn't stop her either. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Just like, or she died from heartbreak that she never got to glaze that ham. There's there's a couple ways we can go with it. But Nathan um, sees Sylvia and twists her head clean the fuck off so not no it doesn't matter that he doesn't have a lot of muscle mass he's still got enough of a it, an it's, angle it's the gym it's the gym beam it, it just sure. like filled him with sure. it just filled him with renewed life you know if, 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 if the if the if the if the uh the segment lasted any longer you would see him starting to grow his skin back <laughs> it's like hellraiser pull you know, it's from Hellraiser. It's like, help me. I was in a graveyard. Bring me more Jim Beam. <laughs> Every single time. He gets another part of his humanity back. Then finally Cass says, I'm scared. Help me find Sylvia. Help me find uh, Hank. And Richard goes, fine. Like pulls up his suspenders a little bit, walks into the kitchen and then says like, oh, are we conserving energy? Which is a very 70s joke. Oh, yeah. And then then Richard and Cass are confronted by Nathan, who has dressed up Sylvia's head with frosting and candles. See, Nathan can decorate his own fucking cake <laughs> if he would just get off his ass and do it. Exactly. Well, it's, you know, that's 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 how this stuff works. They have to learn. You have to take the... Take the take the uh, the carrot away. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> exactly. It's you know what, dude. You got to learn by yourself. I'm sick of tired of holding your hand this whole time. You want a cake? Get your own fucking cake. And he's like, finally, I'm gonna get my own cake. I'm a maker. I'm not a taker. <laughs> Fine. You read the fountainhead. Good for you, asshole. My favorite part of this sequence, in addition to the EC uh, shock and awe lighting, is Richard. <laughs> He's saying, oh, my God. But he's saying it as he's inhaling rather yeah, than he's, exhaling. He's like, oh, yes. <laughs> I love the, I love those those comic book backgrounds. That's probably my favorite oh, part. It's, of it's, this, so, uh, it's so great. And, like, the exaggerated, like, the wide eyes. And, like, the I, I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Did we miss anything in Father's Day that we need to discuss? I don't, I don't know. So. I mean, as long as we talked about the ham and the disco dancing, I think we got it all. <laughs> those are the essential. Those are the essential points on the PowerPoint presentation: ham, <laughs> disco dancing. What people need to know about this segment: ham, disco dancing. Everything else is, you know, you can lose booze-powered uh, corpse. <laughs> um so that of course brings us to america what is bringing america together and that is called choose your own death venture where we decide of the deaths portrayed in this segment of the movie if we were forced to die that way which one would we choose and why and of course up for bid in this segment we have bludgeoned with an ashtray uh strangled on gravesite uh, die by class struggle with zombie mm. uh, head twisted off and then decorated and then perhaps die of fright and so oh yeah squished by headstone i that's also there yeah squished by headstone so uh steven you are our guest and so that means you get to go first i would have to go squished by headstone one you're the farthest away from the smelly zombie skeleton thing <laughs> sure. which is a bonus it seems right. really quick you're laying down 
you've just had some i mean it's floor whiskey but it's still whiskey you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like it's it's the you you've had a cigarette it's like really like going to the gallows here you know what i mean just <laughs> it's just missing the uh the the, the blindfold so i would definitely right. lean that way uh and plus you get to be a 1982 ed harris so that's not a bad situation yeah. at all and you still you still got at least you know five eighths of your hair going on <laughs> you're, exactly. you're keeping it high and tight you're looking great. You've got a good plaid shirt on. Those jeans are working. Everything's going your way. You got a belt buckle that, you know, tells, you know, it's communicating. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so Gina, what say you? Uh, I'm going to say bludgeon with an ashtray because one, I can very much see me irritating someone to the point they just wanted to murder me with an ashtray. And mm-hmm. two, I, I come back. I, I, you, I, I, yeah. I just chill for for you know, a couple of years. You know, nice, you know, mm-hmm. quiet garden. You know, someone spills a drink on me, and, and I, I come back and, and get my revenge. I mean, we don't, right. we don't All know those what worms we, inside you have ganged up, and they're operating. I, I have, I have twisting True. someone's head off strength, which I, I don't have sure. in life. So that would, <laughs> that would, that would, that would be fun. And we really don't know what happens to Nathan. For all we know, he could just be hanging out at, at, at his pad forever. Right. Well, I assume that he's eating that finally glazed ham. Like he's <laughs> going to enjoy it. Thank if you. No one else is. Yeah. Um, I have to go with head twisted off and then decorated. Mm. It's a very quick death. Sure. You know, like she is gone in a blink, but also gets to attend a party where she doesn't have to interact anymore. You're just a head on a plate. Like everyone's like, Ooh, ah, but I don't have to come up with funny jokes. I don't have to talk about what I've been working on lately. Any of that shit. I'm just head on a plate. You either like it or you don't. So that's it. You, you, you're really strong. I love it. Come to ending strong. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. you sound like you were thinking about this answer all day long. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about the last party I was forced to attend, and I'm like, oh. Which you, you were not, in fact, a head on a plate. I, I, if I could have become a head on a plate, I would have instantly transformed. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised I didn't instantly twist my own body around so quickly. My head fell off. Um, but that's just me. That's what what makes me the colorful character I am. Uh, such a joy to be around. Uh, but that just about does it. Uh, Gina, we have some Patreon shout outs that we want to do before we go any further. We do. We've got a nice little little spike in the past couple of weeks. So thank you to um, Mark, Caroline, Sarah, Cameron, and Hamish, who I think was with us before and was like he has rejoined. So thank you, Hamish. Oh, wonderful. Uh, welcome aboard, everyone. Thank you for making this uh, this show free for all to listen to and keeping the lights on. Um, you know, before we go any further, we need to know uh, some information about you, Stephen, about We Hate Movies and what you guys have in the bag as you hurtle towards uh, my favorite month of the year for your show. And that is all the Halloween stuff that you've got coming your way. I am so excited that you asked. Thank you so much, Patrick. Yeah, we are about to do our annual spooktacular. We, we've we been gotten better uh, about peppering horror movies throughout the year, but now, but always in October, we do the spooktacular, which is only yes. horror movies. 
and I want to just announce that we're uh, we're gonna, it's all franchise movies this year. We're doing all we're calling it Franchise Town. Everything <laughs> will be a big tie-in to some kind of a franchise, and I believe it's already been announced. Our first one is going to be Hellraiser Four, or just Hellraiser Bloodline, which is also known as Hellraiser Four Bloodline. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, which is a, we just recorded that episode. It's super fun. Uh, we're also going to be on tour. If you like our show, uh, uh, go to whmpodcast.com slash tour. We're going to be in Toronto in, uh, in October, late October doing saw four, which I did on this very podcast. Saw four on a podcast. I don't know. (laughs) And then in November, weird. It's, it's very strange. Uh, then November, we're going to be in Denver, uh, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix. So please check that out, whnpodcast.com. I highly recommend seeing them live. I saw their December show in Brooklyn, and it was excellent. Next time, say hi, please. I will. I will definitely do so. The We Hate Movies, one of my favorite podcasts, absolutely in the pantheon of bad movie podcasts you've perfected it and i i love the show dearly and uh spectacular is, is of course for obvious reasons one of my favorites so i i can't wait to hear and i, I love the theme song i love <laughs> when it hits october and the theme song goes into spectacular it makes me happy it does um, well because it's also like the summer's finally fucking over thank yes. you very much <laughs> yes well, uh, ideally where you guys live yeah. in california it, it, this is the I, i'm still everyone else is like i'm gonna put on a sweat and I'm like, I'm fucking still in shorts, asshole. <laughs> it, like, summer doesn't start until August, so I'm still in the middle of it. But th- it makes me happy. Um, it, it, Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? I write about movies and television at thespool.net. Um, this past couple of weeks, I reviewed a true horror movie, uh, the upcoming <laughs> not-at-all-controversial Netflix movie, Blonde. Uh, no one has any opinions on that. So, uh, you know, unless I've been completely chased off the internet, you can uh, you can find that. Uh, and I am on Twitter under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. And, of course, our, our music is done by Revenge Body. Go to Revenge Body Memphis at Bandcamp.com to get this theme and all of our remixes. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. It helps us be seen and heard by more people. We would love for you to do it. Uh, find us on Patreon. we got fun stuff going on there. Uh, and, of course, uh, thank you for listening and spending time with us. There's so much more to come. Um, Next week, it's going to be real interesting because we're going to head straight into the lonesome death of Jody Verrill with a gentleman by the name of Eric Ziska. Um, um, Steven, you probably don't know him, but... No, I never, uh, met, the, he, never met the man. No, and you don't want to, honestly. <laughs> uh, it's the last thing you want to get involved with over a multiple decade podcast project. <laughs> uh, but he will be joining us to talk about Stephen King high off of his ass doing an accent and really showing off his dental work. It's, it's a nuanced performance. Let's come right out and say it. Uh, and then we've got so much more in store after that. But thank you, everyone. But listen, don't worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself, for Gina, and for Steven. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye.